I was upset. I didn't think I had what it takes. It took a while to admit anything was wrong. Diet and exercise sounded intimidating. But small, easy goals made it easy to start. Every situation is different. There are many paths to victory, but the end goal is all the same. This is the Weight Loss Podcast with Matt and Courtney, a couple who committed to a strategy and lost a combined 100 kilograms. When it comes to weight loss, you don't just need encouragement, you need a strategy. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Weight Loss Podcast. My name is Courtney and I am here as always with Matt. Yes, you are. Hello. (laughs) And this week we are going to be talking about comparing yourself to others. Yes, a topic that is very close to you. Yes, absolutely. This is a topic that I feel quite strongly about. So I could talk about this... um, for a long time, so well, we're going to, aren't we? We're gonna we're gonna try to limit it as well today because we might uh, touch on it again in the future. But uh, oh no, I, you know what? No, let's go in on this one. Yeah. Today we need to we want to just really touch on what it is, why it's a problem, and we want to give you some examples of how it's affected us as well. So and how we deal with it, and how we deal with it, absolutely, because we both deal with it extremely differently. All right, so let's let's get into this. I'll ask you the first question, my dear. Why is comparing yourself to others a problem? What's what's your sort of take on this and your experience? My take on comparing yourself to others being a massive problem is that well, there's several things that go wrong here. One is you're we're often comparing ourselves to people that obviously look differently to us, vastly differently to us, and we're comparing ourselves to them, usually with us being the negative side. So we're comparing ourselves. Maybe you could say always. With always. Us being the we're side. not. We're not comparing ourselves, saying, "Oh my God, look how much hotter I look than that girl." No, we're comparing ourselves by saying, "Oh my God, why is that girl so much hotter than me?" Or why is that girl so much prettier or, why or do smaller? They ha- why do they have what I don't? Why do yes? Insert issue here. So. We are automatically making ourselves the bad person in this, which is, to me, it's just beating down our confidence first and foremost. We're just constantly then telling ourselves that we're not good enough and why aren't we better. Then the second issue that comes along with it for mine is that then we're starting to look at people that may or may not necessarily have the body shape or the goal that we actually have set out and striving for. So what do you mean? in my mind, I found it in terms of myself. I'll use myself as personal example. I have found myself in the past when I first started to try to lose weight, I would look at girls on social media and girls on my on my Instagram especially and would think, why don't I look like her? Whereas this these girls were basically figure competitors. These were bodybuilder girls. These were girls that were muscular that were about to get on stage. So I would look at these girls and I would think, why don't I look like them? But then when I really stepped back and had a look at it, I never wanted to look like that. That was never my goal. It was never my goal to become a figure competitor or to become a bodybuilder or to step up on stage. So why am I comparing myself to girls that look like that? What was your goal? My goal was just to lose weight initially, was to lose weight and feel confident going out with my friends. And then my goal became getting into a bikini. Yep. 
and feeling confident in that bikini. Which you did. Which I did. And it, it's never been my goal to to look that lean or to compete on stage. And Yet it, you found yourself caught up comparing yourself to people whose goals were completely different to yours in the first place. Correct. And if I didn't pull myself up on that, it can has the potential to derail your entire goal that you've set for yourself. So those are my two big reasons as to why I believe it's a problem. A, because we're always looking at ourselves in the negative and we're beating ourselves down for for, for not being something. And then also you run the risk of losing track of your own goals. Those are my big two problems with comparing yourself to others. What about you? What do you think? Well, I think... You then you you run the risk of losing focus not just on what you're doing, but losing focus on what you may have achieved to this point. Mm, good point. So you start to focus on what you haven't got or what you haven't done, as opposed to giving yourself a deserved pat on the back or a deserved high five because of what you have done. So I think it leads to people minimizing their own achievements and overlooking what they're doing because you can then obviously undervalue that all the small things you're doing are going to add up to something pretty monumental down the track. So if you've got someone that, let's say, they've just started food prepping yeah, and they started making two to three meals a day ahead of time for themselves and one of those meals is breakfast, which they... Let's say this person was not a breakfast eater for the last 15, mm-hmm. 20 years. So they may then go from being a non-breakfast eater to building that habit of having regular breakfast, which is a ginormous step forward. Massive. Massive step forward, high five, fist bump, well done, put on the aviators, you're a boss, good job. <laughs> and then you can then congratulate someone on that achievement and the response is, oh, that's no, not good enough. Yeah. So-and-so preps 42 meals a week. I only prep 10. Yeah, every so achievement sudden, is never good enough. You, exactly. You minimize your achievement. So you keep putting the top of the mountain so far out of reach that you never get there. Yeah. So I think that's where it really becomes dangerous. And I also think it can then lead to you beating yourself up so much for what you haven't done that you're more likely to quit. I agree. And you brought up a good point where it's not just about the initial comparing yourself to others in terms of the way that that person looks, the way that their body is, what they dress, uh, how they dress, all those things. It manifests then into uh, problems along the way in that, yes, you've started, but that then you're comparing your results to the person next to you or you're comparing the process to the person next to you. Even if you're doing the same thing, but you're at different stages, you're, st- you can, you're just comparing, comparing, comparing. And mm. it gets in this vicious cycle where it becomes a real issue and you lose focus completely of your own goals. And really, let's be honest, those comparisons are bloody pointless. Well, let's talk about that ne- now. Okay. Why are why are why is comparing yourself pointless? Well, you're comparing chalk and cheese, apples and oranges. I mean, insert cliche here. You don't know where someone has come from. You don't know how long they've been doing what they've been doing for. You don't know what their structure might be. You don't know their personal background. You don't know the obstacles that they've overcome to get there. All you can see is the end result, but you don't see what's occurred to get there. So 
Have they come from a background of undereating, of overeating, overweight, underweight? How many diets have they followed? How many in the diets past? have they followed? Have they been a serial overexerciser? Or conversely, have they been sedentary? What do they have any medical conditions? Do you have any medical conditions? Mm. Age. Yeah, age is a big one as well. Unfortunately, gender. And also well, yes, and also training age. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many there's so many factors that go into it really that it's not just a case of comparing photos and going, they look yeah. better than me, I'm doing something wrong, because that is it's such a reductive way to look at things that you then rule out everything that goes into getting someone to the point where they've made progress. It's sort of a negative mindset as well, I think, to start off with when you're when you're starting with that mindset of comparing yourself to others, comparing yourself to that person without knowing the background or without knowing how long that person's uh, tried to do this for or where the person even started in the first place, you're, you're already going into it with a negative attitude. So you're already going into it saying, well, there must be something wrong with me. That I also think you can potentially do someone else a disservice by making the assumption, oh, they've had it easy. Yeah, absolutely. They must have made no mistakes. They must have had no struggles when the fact is everyone makes mistakes, everyone fucks up, and believe me, everyone struggles. Everyone. Everyone. Yeah. There's no easy way around this. Otherwise, we'd all be doing it. We'd all be choosing the easy way. If it was easy, this podcast would not exist. If there was one, trust me, if there was one, I would have found it by now and I would have been doing it. Well, it makes for two of us, doesn't it, really? But there's no easy way. And yes, everyone goes through it differently. So yeah, so going back to my own example, there's absolutely zero point me comparing myself to these girls on Instagram with these perfectly lean girls with their perfectly muscular figures, not only because that's not the figure that I've ever dreamed of having, but it's also, I have no idea how long these girls have trained for. I have no idea what size they were when they started. They may have, they may have been quite lean to begin with. They may have never been overweight in their life. They may be Starving themselves for all I know. I don't even know what sort of food and exercise program that they're that they're following. Or how long they've been following it for? Yes. Yeah. You you don't know. All you see is the end result. On like I know for you you're, you're on Instagram a lot, where social media especially is so dangerous because ninety nine percent of what you see on social media is either completely fake or jazzed up to the point where it's misleading. Well, I, th- I think especially on social media, I don't know if photo if Photoshop comes into play in terms of social media as much as mainstream media, but I think definitely on social media you've got things like filters and you've you've got I don't I think people don't really understand in terms of a lot of these people when they're putting up photos of themselves they might have taken 30 photos to get that one photo or that was at the vi- perfect angle yeah. that in the perfect lighting that they liked the most. They don't just take one photo and post it. Most of these yeah. people are taking 30 photos or, as Matt said, they're actually videoing themselves posing and, and posing around and then they go back through the video and screenshot the one that they liked. I've done it before. I've just thought... Yeah, we do that. I've, I've thought, well, I don't have time here to, to take a few photos and see which one I like the most. I'll just video myself and then I'll go back through the video and, and pick a photo from that. Keep in mind, photography 
and the health and fitness industry combined with photography is the art of illusion. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's showing things in the best possible light. 100%. How many people will put up unflattering photos? There's not many. Very rarely. Sometimes. I mean, I have before. Yes, you have. I've put up photos before when I haven't maybe looked my best. I haven't done my hair. I don't have any makeup on. Bloated. I'm bloated. I put up a photo once of that I looked like I was three months pregnant because. What's your name for that 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 time? Whale week. Whale week. Yep. Why? But that wasn't a whale week. That was actually just because I'd eaten something that I my body didn't obviously agree with, and I blew up like a balloon. Uh, and I put that up just to show one day to the next what sometimes your body can look, look like. And mm. I think there's a lot of positive things now on social media coming out. There's a lot of these girls putting on up photos that I've seen recently of themselves standing up nice and tall, shoulders back, looking nice and ripped and lean. And then they'll sit down and they'll put a side-by-side photo up of showing them what they look like. of the time and then when they look like 10% of the time and it's great that these girls are starting to do this so everyone is starting to see that they don't walk around looking like that most of the time. Actually, I heard a really good quote once. I can't remember where I saw it or heard it but it it went something like, um, it said something like every woman, everybody has roles when they bend over. And And it's true. I've seen the leanest people that I know bend over or squat down and they've got like it's skin of course it's gonna roll so yeah what you see often in those photos has taken many photos for the person to get the exact image that they want to post or they're obviously standing and they're standing very posturally straight and and everything's correct so they're, those photos are best case scenario yeah, so that's where often as well it tricks our mind into thinking that, oh, they look like that all the time. That must be their normal. That's that's just what they look like. And then, then here's us looking like just regular human beings. Oh, we must be shit. It's, uh, it's something that I think our minds as well often, I know speaking from my experience, mm. and because this is something that does still affect me, can I say, and I do In have what way? to... I, I catch myself automatically going to that comparing myself to others place sometimes still. And when did it happen most recently? Uh, when did it happen most recently? Just trying to think. It's a good question, isn't it? It's a great question. Just trying to think. It's probably probably on Instagram. Okay. I would have been scrolling through Instagram. Yeah. And I would have seen somebody in. Oh, it was. It was. It was in Instagram. Yep. And I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw a girl and 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 I actually started to compare her to me, but in terms of, oh, well, I'm not too far off, you know, I, I'm getting there, you know, I look like her a little bit and all these, all these stupid things that start going through my mind. I don't even know this girl. I would have no idea who this girl is. I don't know what she follows. I don't know what exercise regime she follows. I don't know how long she's looked at like that. You're judging based on a photo. It's it's a split second judgment, but and I know better than to do this, but my brain automatically still goes to that place sometimes. So it's really easy for our brains, especially when you've done it for so long. And I have done this since high school. Since I started high school. Really? I'm comparing myself to others and 
you notice straight away that, you know, you may not be the most popular, most good looking girl in school. And, and I was always the big girl. So I was always comparing myself to others. So when you've been doing this for so long, it's a really hard thing to just switch off, I found. So I still have to catch myself and pull myself up on doing it. So I think it's really easy for our brains to automatically go into that mode. So it can be really dangerous that way. And off, and also, can I just say in terms of mainstream media, all of those photos are photoshopped. And I know that we all know this. It's something that we all know. We hear about it all the time. What do you mean by mainstream media? Oh, you're talking about your magazines. T- TV, they're always going to use trick of the eye so they're always going to use lighting and angles to always make people look better but especially in terms of advertisement and magazines marketing marketing media they're always going to be photoshopped it doesn't matter what it is unless it specifically says in bold print not like untouched or not photoshopped it always is in some way always yep so, and even though I think we know that now in society, I mean, everyone really knows that. I think, again, it can be really hard for our brains not to go there. Yes. So, can I ask you a question? How do you deal with this yourself? For me, my big thing is to have perspective. And I use that word quite often. But it is true. You really need to keep that perspective. So when I find myself, my brain automatically going to that place with the example I just used, I need to to just take a step back and think, hang on a second, and really think about those things that we've just discussed. Yep. Think about the fact that I don't know this girl. I don't know what she's done in the past. She may never have been overweight in her life. She may have always been lean. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what she how she trains. I don't know how what how she eats. I don't know anything about her. So you've really for me, I've really gotta snap myself out of it pretty quickly and have that perspective and think, hang on a second, I don't know her. Mm. And that's how I deal with it now myself. What about you? How have you dealt with it? Well, it it isn't an issue for me. It hasn't been an issue for some time because I know straight up Having been, for me, because, you know, I have a background of being a gigantic nerd, I've been, you know, actively using the internet now since 1996, which is now a long time ago. Yes. So I've, I've learned over the time of being an internet user that most of what you see, read and hear online is a complete load of shit. Mm. Um, so that, I, you know, I accepted that decades ago. That's fine. I know now with the proliferation of social media that it's just an extension of the bullshit that comes with the internet. I'm not saying that the internet is terrible because I love it, <laughs> but it's just an extension of the bullshit that comes with it. it. It's been going on for years. It's not going to stop. The big issue for me was when I first started going to the gym in the first place, I felt out of place. Mm. So I'd walk into the gym, I'm very overweight, I'm very unfit, and then I'm surrounded by people that, by comparison to me, were leagues ahead, they were lifting heavier than me, they were in better shape than me, everything was better than me, 
and that worked against me for a long time because I thought, well, I'm, th- this place isn't for me. I know I want to get in shape, but I don't know if I can do it at a gym because the gym is where the fit and strong and healthy people go. And then one day it occurred to me out of nowhere, it has popped into my head, hang on, every single person that goes to the gym goes to the gym for the same reason that I do because they don't like themselves either. Yes. They're going there to improve something or some things or many things. Once that went into my head, everything changed. Everyone is at the gym, whether they're a beginner or, or an advanced trainer or athlete, they're all there for the same reason I am, to improve something. All of a sudden, those comparisons I had and those feelings of being inadequate, they went away. And I still have that today. I walk into any gym, I feel completely at home because I'm just like everyone else there and they're all just like me. They don't like what they see either and they want to fix something. It's a really good point. And I've used, um, I've actually used that in talking to clients before as well. Yep. Because we've, I don't know about you, but I've had clients mention to me, I mean, in our gym, we've got clients of all shapes and sizes, ages, everything. Backgrounds. Someone who's already a size eight to someone who might be a size... 24. 24 and everything in between. Yep. So I've had people before come to me just to the side and sort of pull me aside and say, we're talking about something and they see one of the girls in the gym and, and she might be one of those size 10, size 8 girls. And, and, and this girl has said to me, oh, why is she here? <laughs> she doesn't need to lose any weight. She already looks great. That's an offensive question to some people. Yeah, but I can understand it sometimes as well because if you're a big girl and you're looking at someone who's size 8 or 10 and and to them, you've got a fantastic figure. Why are you here? But perspective, you've got a dream figure. Perspective, you ask that other person if they're happy and the and answer is no. hell no. Exactly. So it's a good point you make being that everybody is in a gym and I've used that to answer that question. Well, everybody is here to improve because there's something they don't like about their bodies or, or themselves. Some things. Yep, multiple things. And that's okay. It doesn't matter. And that's why it doesn't it never matters what your goal is. It doesn't matter if your goal is to become a bodybuilder, figure competitor, that lean or just look good in jeans. Or just look great in whatever outfit you want to put on. It doesn't matter. It, it never matters. And that can also be the massive, massive problem with comparing yourself to others is you lose sight of what your goal is in the first place. Yeah, you, see, you, you can easily forget why the hell you're there in the first place. Why did you start? You, 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 I started not to become a bodybuilder figure competitor. That was never my goal. Yet you found yourself comparing yourself to, to those women that were, which was completely unrelated to what you were doing completely and if i let that overtake what i was doing if i let myself obsess about that and if i let that comparing continue that had the potential to overshadow what i was trying to do in the first place and then i start focusing on a goal that isn't mine and then i either quit or i start aiming for that goal that i never wanted in the first place and then what happens if i when i achieve it oh i then what? Well, you've achieved someone else's goal. It's it's no, it's not satisfying nah. because it's not something I wanted in the first place. Yep, you can't force it. You can't. 
the goal has to be meaningful to you. Correct. And there's no right or wrong on and, that. And goals evolve as well. As oh, yeah. I said, when I started, my goal wasn't to be to be photographed in a bikini. My goal was just to feel good in clothes and to feel confident with myself to go out with my friends. Yep. That was my goal. Yep. And then that evolved. Once I got to that place, I wanted more. And then I made the normal. goal of, of a bikini. Yep. And then I still want more, but I'm still not at, like, I still don't, want that goal of getting on stage or becoming that lean uh, bodybuilder type of or a physique. Being, or being a fitness model. No, it's never been my goal and it never will be my goal. Yep. So comparing myself to those sort of people is absolutely pointless and a waste of time. I actually found it easier once I had that realization about why everyone's at the gym in the first place. I found it from there on out a lot easier to talk to people and to relate to people in the gym mm even though I was at the time fairly new to the environment, easier to relate to them because we're, we're kind of all here for the same type of purpose. Mm. So we're all kind of on the same team. Absolutely. So uh, a question for you, what tips can you give people that are really struggling with this from your perspective? Well, my, my main one is my favorite word, which is you need to have perspective when you're thinking these sort of thoughts Sometimes you can't stop them from popping in your head. Sometimes when you least expect it, they're going to pop in your head. But you need to start creating the awareness of what you're doing and then to be able to step back and have that perspective and to think, okay, hang on a second, this is bad. This is not a good thing to do and then move on. It's okay if you want to continue looking on social media and towards people in the gym or well, we do need inspiration. You need inspiration, absolutely. So it's fine to look for inspiration, but you need to remember what your goal was in the first place and why you're doing this. So it's okay to look at those people for inspiration, but don't look at those people to copy or to think that it's going to happen the same way because it's not. Yep. It's never going to happen the same way. So inspiration is not copying someone or following their exact path. And that's something you need to keep in mind. Well said. What about you? I would say just to keep in mind that most of what you see online is a load of shit in <laughs> some form or another. Uh, a lot of people will doll things up and dress them up so they look their best. They're at their perfect angle. Everything is symmetrical. Lighting is perfect. Every day is another day in paradise. I have no problems. My life is great. Most of that is bullshit. Bullshit. Complete bullshit. Uh, once you have that in your head, it becomes far more entertaining. So I would say, for starters, assume that most of what you see online is, is crap and you're off to a very good start. <laughs> I would also say, don't be afraid to limit your time on social media. I know for me, I found myself in the past just scrolling through my Facebook timeline, actually doing nothing. Oh, yeah, I've done that. Actually doing nothing. Like you're bored or something, like you're waiting for public transport or you're bored on your lunch break or at night there's nothing on TV, so you just pull out your phone and you start scrolling. And can also, another tip, if I could give one, is back you're yourself. you to give one because it's our show. Oh, excellent, <laughs> excellent. Well, well done, B. Not All good. <laughs> So I would say as well, back yourself. You started doing what you're doing for a reason. Don't minimize or don't reduce the importance of what got you doing this in the first place. Yeah, good one. 
So if you're if you're beating yourself up because you don't look like Joe Sixpack <laughs> or Mary Bikini model, who gives a shit, mate? Who fucking cares? Why did you get into this in the first place? Mm. I know for me, I first got into it not to be a gym owner or a trainer or a coach or a podcaster. I got in it not to be fat and not to be diabetic. Mm-hmm. No one has a wrong or a right goal as long as the goal that you're working towards is meaningful to you. So for some people I've worked with, their goal has been, like yourself, get into a bikini and look hot. For some people, their goals have been more about quality of life and functional movement as they get older. They don't wish to lose their independence. That's fantastic. For some people, it can be just having the confidence to wear bathers with their kids at the beach. Mm. All these goals I've been mentioning now in the last 20 seconds, they're all great as long as they are meaningful to the individual. Correct. So I would, I would recommend to people, keep perspective on why you started this in the first place and don't lose sight of that. If you're beating yourself up because you don't look like so-and-so or you haven't achieved what so-and-so has done, even though they're working towards something completely different, you're doing yourself a disservice and you're setting yourself up for failure. Uh, and I would say you're setting yourself up for a lot of disappointment because you're not going to reach a goal that you never wanted in the first place. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a really good point. Does that make sense? It does. Because I think as well, you're also every time you do it, you're beating yourself up. Because as I said at the start of this, you're never comparing yourself to someone else in a good way. No, you're not. And really, when you think about it, 98% of this entire gig about losing weight, getting in shape, etc. starts between the ears. It does. You've got to set yourself up for good mental health, I think, to set yourself up for good physical health. So if you're spending half your time beating yourself up because of what you aren't, it's going to make it a lot harder to work towards what you want to be. Yeah, you're taking away does from... Does that make sense? It does, because you're focusing on what you don't have or what you don't look like instead of spending that time and effort focusing on how to get what you want. So it it, it just becomes an evil cycle of, of bashing yourself down. And I do agree, a lot of it does become a mental battle. Yep. And that's going to evolve... Most of it is. ...along, your, along the way... I think I don't subscribe to the notion of fix your mental self before your physical self. Oh, God. And that's that's a topic for a whole other time. Yes, but, it is. But basically, th- there is a notion out there of this, but the problem becomes the mental side gets worked on at the same time. Because if we all knew mentally how that we should be thinking, we would already be thinking it. You're at risk right now of going, going off on a tangent. I'm not going to go off on a tangent. I'm going to leave it there. But all I'm saying is this this is something that is going to – it could be it could go one of two ways. You could be like Matt where you just realize what you're doing and you realize the correction you need to make and it's boom and you're on your way. You could be like me where it continues to become a battle. It does get easier though, not only – Get, gets better in terms of you not comparing yourself to others as often. It also mm. gets easier in terms of realizing what you're doing and stopping it when it happens. So you could go one or two ways, but it's something that is going to evolve over the time. But just to keep that perspective and to really pay attention 
to what you're doing is, is going to go a long way to helping you with that. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Have you written a blog on this topic? I think multiple, but yes. Okay. <laughs> what, what we'll do as well for you guys is we'll put some extra reading material for you on the show notes page yeah. at theweightlosspodcast.com. So you can look forward to that. We'll be up by the time you're hearing this. Definitely, because I could talk about this for a long time, so I'm going to leave it there. Otherwise, I I could just go off on a rant, and I'm not going to. Well, uh, I would like to hear, well, we both would like to hear from you guys out there, males and females, on your experience with this issue, how you've dealt with it or how you've struggled with it, how you've overcome it. Take your pick. Absolutely. We we just like to hear your experiences because everyone has their different experiences. I know, as Courtney said before, for her, it is an ongoing issue where for me, I just snapped out of it one day yeah. and it just got a lot easier from there. Where for me, for quite a few years now, the only person I've been comparing myself to has been me. Correct. But I know it's not as simple as that. So I'd like to hear from you guys out there. So you can email us at, uh, where can they email us at, Courtney? <laughs> Let's see if you can get this. Podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. Boom, hole in one. Podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. Or on we, Facebook. Or on Facebook. We'd like to hear from you on your experiences with this. Yes, absolutely. Because topics like this that are really big, uh, we would love to do follow-ups in the future. So we'd love to use some of your experiences and uh, and feedback as well. And any, any other questions you've got on this topic? On the subject of questions, it is time for... Do emails. Emails. I have pulled two emails for us today. Cool. The first one is pretty good. Actually, they're both pretty good. The first <laughs> one's a long one. The first one comes from Brad. Thank you. Thank you, Brad. Hi, guys. Firstly, well done to you guys after losing that amount of weight. That's a monster effort you should be very proud of. Thank you. Yes, we are. We just want to help more people do it themselves. I lost about 16 kilos around eight years ago after hitting the magical 100 kilo mark. While since then, I've hovered around the 84 to 85 kilo mark. My question is, how do you lose that last little bit? Google, Dr. Google, has plenty of suggestions, but I can't seem to shake that last little bit from my belly or my little muffins. That would be the muffin tops, I'm sure. (laughs) I swim a fair bit, walk for around 45 minutes, minutes, uh, three to four times a week, but can't find much gym time because I have two very young girls. I know it's probably diet and just finding time, but what can I do? As my dream is to have a six-pack one day, any ideas, good luck with the podcast. Well done, Brad. That's a very good question. Mm. Would you like to lead off with this one? You want me to lead off with this one? You start with this one. All right. Very simple. Brad, what you do to lose the first 80% will not work for the last 20%. You've also hit the nail on the head. So for starters, very, very well done getting down to where you are. But now you've got to work that little bit harder to lose the last bit that's going to make you look really lean and in completely mint condition. You have actually touched on it in terms of why things appear to have plateaued, not finding much gym time. So you do swim a fair bit and you walk you walk three to four times for 45 minutes a week. Those things are very good. But what you can't find the time for 
is the biggest thing you're missing right now in terms of your training. That being getting to the gym and pumping iron, bruh. Yeah. Got to get down. To, got to get down to the gym and start lifting, bro. And we're not talking about three and a half hour training no, sessions. No, let, here. Let, let, let's start with two forty-five minute weight training sessions a week. Get down there, do your upper body, do your lower body on another day, and start you know tracking the numbers that you're lifting and gradually striving to slowly increase the weight that you're lifting. That's going to make a massive difference. Weight training is the catalyst to dramatic changes in body shape and it's also the catalyst to people getting quite lean Mm. and looking quite good so i would say with you having two young girls i'd be having a discussion with your better half about uh sneaking out sneaking out two times a week to the gym to pump some iron sessions yeah two 45 minute sessions go pump some iron uh you also said there's probably diet there is always there's always that um, but not knowing what you put into your body, it's hard to comment on. So I'll just comment on what I've got in front of me, which is your exercise routine can immediately be improved with getting to the gym two times a week to pump some iron. Uh, that That is the cornerstone of every amazing transformation in terms of the training. Can I also just ask you in terms of suggestion for Brad, if he yes, found you getting to the gym twice a week for um, two 45-minute sessions, it may be a a good idea to potentially switch uh, a couple of those walking sessions. Well, you'd prioritize the weight training first. Yes. So the first thing you do when you're looking at a schedule for someone with their training is, righto, we need to prioritize weight training. It's the best form of training there is. It's the catalyst to dramatic changes in body shape and body composition, as in more muscle, less fat. So we need to prioritize that. So the first thing we find is time for two 45-minute weight training sessions a week, and then you build your schedule off of that. So around those two weight training sessions a week, you would then go, okay, I'll add one to two walks and a little bit of swimming, and then go from there. That is precisely the first thing I would be doing. Mm -hmm. What do you think, I think everything that you've just said, and I would also suggest, Brad, that you stop weighing yourself. Because potentially you'll get to the point, you should get to the point where the scales aren't going to dramatically change, but your body shape will. So I would suggest not worrying about sitting around the 84 to 85 kilo mark. I would suggest doing applying the changes that Matt suggested suggested to your exercise regime. Bit of a mouthful there, dear. Yes, and I would also suggest not weighing yourself, just focusing on your body shape and how your clothes are fitting and not so much the scales because as you start lifting more and more weights, you will find that the scales may not notice so much of a change. Yep, good good advice. But yeah, for now, Brad, uh, find those two days a week to go and hit the gym and you're off to the best possible start. And let us know how you go. And yes, please let us know how you go. And now, Courtney, email number two. Email number two, and this is question of the day, <laughs> question of the year. From comes from the big dog. Hi, big dog. Big dog wants to know, what's your favorite ice cream? Great question. Great big, question. Big dog, you're about to open up a can of worms. <laughs> I don't know if we've spoken about this on our podcast we episodes in the in in the past but matt and i have a 
extreme love for ice cream. Still. Still. It is... Nothing has changed. No. It is a huge love for ice cream. I loved it when I was out of shape. I love it when I'm in shape. We have ice cream usually once a week. Yes. Because we love it. Yes. So... We do fancy ourselves as quite the ice cream reviewers. Connoisseurs, some would say. <laughs> because we do try try out new ice cream places and get suggestions on fantastic ice creameries to visit uh, to give our stamp of approval. So, what's your favourite ice cream? I actually have to say that this is the perfect week to do this question because we have not long ago tried... The best ice cream in Australia. The best ice cream we feel in Australia, which is actually up in Sydney. We not long ago went for a weekend to Sydney and we tried some fantastic ice cream in a little place called Miranda. Mm-hmm. Am I right in saying yes, it was in Miranda? Yes. It was at the Westfield in Miranda and it was an ice cream store called... Messino? Messino? I yeah. think it was Messino. Yep. We were given the suggestion by a, a friend and colleague of ours who uh, lives up there that way. And he suggested, he told us, which is the best recommendation I think that you can ever receive, which is someone who says to you, I don't like ice cream, but I love this ice cream. You think, well, I've got to go and try that. So we did. And it was unbelievable. I had a flavor which was salted caramel and white chocolate. That was pretty good. And could I just say it was heaven? And it was smooth and it was creamy and it was delicious. But I have to say... The our- texture was fantastic. Oh, yeah. You can really tell the texture of ice cream, I think. Homemade. been homemade and what hasn't. But I have to say our all-time favorite ice cream has been from a store in New York. We were in New York. Christmas 2015. 2015. Which was when we got married. Yes, and we were given another hot tip to visit. I think it was in the East Village. Yes, I want to say the East it Village. It was the East Village. And yes. I believe it was from a little Italian store called Grom. Yes, I think that's correct. Yes. And it was absolutely unbelievable. Usually my go-to flavors tend to be something along the lines of a chocolate peanut butter because I do Ooh, believe yeah. that is a match made straight from heaven. Chocolate and peanut butter. Or I'll go with some sort of chocolate, caramel, chocolate, hazelnut. What's your favorite favorite flavor? It generally starts with hazelnut. Yeah, like And it. it will start with hazelnut mm. and tend to veer somewhere towards chocolate. So the one that we had when we, or that I had when we were in Sydney was the chocolate ice cream with pieces of chocolate brownie and chocolate fudge swirled through it. And it was called... Genius. I know. Like- the Robert Brownie Jr. <laughs> Great name. The best Great name, name ever for an ice cream flavor. And it was seriously five stars. So I think those are our two favorite ice cream places right now. But the favorite flavor for me would be hazelnut. Yeah. I right would, now. I would usually go, for me, it would be chocolate peanut butter for me. I'm, I I just can't go past that combination. No, you can't. But anywhere from chocolate peanut butter, chocolate hazelnut to cho- to salted caramel, that's usually my range I stick between. Yep. So great question, big dog. I'd also like to hear from I'd like to hear from you guys out there listening. Yes. What's your favorite ice cream? Give us and recommendations give us, of place give, to give visit. Us, give us recommendations because as weight loss experts, we're here to talk about <laughs> ice cream. Um, but it's one of our treats, and we do not have any sort of. Uh, we're not on a diet. We're no. not on a diet. No, we look after ourselves. But when we have our treats, 
our treats tend to veer towards ice cream because it's just the best. It's just our favorite. And that's so, what we like. Yep. So podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. Please let us know what your favorite ice cream flavors are and where you where your best local ice creameries are. Give us the hot tip because when we're on our uh, our national ice cream review tour, <laughs> we'll be happy to try it out. So on that note, we're going to sign off. Done. Done. Have a good one, guys. And we'll speak to you very, very... See ya. Soon. Get more free tips, listen to previous episodes, and contact Matt and Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com.